and welcome to Repertory Screenings, episode 22. I'm your host, M, and with me are my regular co-host, Jackson. Movies! And Destiny. Hooray for Hollywood! Hooray for Hollywood! Hollywood is closed! It's fucking over! Everyone's gone home, no one's shooting anything, get fucked. Yep. No, they released that Trolls movie straight to streaming. Yep. The McElroy's did not go to a theater! Hooray! <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm not cutting that out, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone can just enjoy my celebration for their misfortune in the face of, like, World by Tragedy. Like, it's not... It's not. Uh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're deeply suffering in this trying time. I'm sure a Fucking billion kids people. are going to watch that movie and it's not going to matter anyway, so... Oh, I mean, yes, but Griffin was complaining about not being able to play Animal Crossing early because he was on a cruise in March, so... Yes, I know. Whew! hindsight was that before or after the corona that was oh before that was before and in poor taste like when it was happening for normal reasons but now like two weeks removed from that uh it became even more just like whoo oh so uh me and destiny signed up for movie pass at the alamo <laughs> and that got suspended because every theater is closed i bet <laughs> Life during uh, pandemics, I guess. But since everybody's home and, uh, you know, has all this free time, I say jokingly because me and Destiny are just working our normal 40-hour work weeks just at home now. Has anyone watched anything? Destiny, what have you watched? Uh, I watched Halloween 6? We watched both 5 and 6 since we last recorded. Okay, good. Because I couldn't... They're blending together. Maybe 4 also, honestly. (laughs) We watched four through six of the John Carpenter franchise Halloween. Of course, these have nothing to do with John Carpenter aside from his music being in the films. Um, the fourth movie is just okay. The fifth and sixth movies are trash fires. Um, I don't know. There's stuff. I think these are super interesting films. Like, compared to Friday the 13th, uh, way better. Way better than mid-period Friday the 13th. I just don't like the continuity they chose to go with. No. And that's no, no, no. my it's, biggest it, problem. Like, they do this yes. whole plot in the fourth movie that gets cut out, but there's still references to the plot that gets cut out, and then they build two movies on those those scenes. And yeah, if you want, if you want Mike Myers being wrapped up in some sort of weird Norse cult thing... Where he's like the avatar of uh, Thorn, the god of vengeance or something. What? They got you. What? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And I hate it. And at least Friday the 13th tried different things and it was fun. Like, this is just I, not fun. I think there's some cool stuff in these movies. Uh, especially when Danielle Harris was in them. Danielle uh, Harris she's is good. great. Yeah, she's yeah. wonderful. I'm glad Rob Zombie picked her up for the sequels. Or his his versions, I mean. Um, God, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, the only good thing about Six was baby Paul Rudd doing like a weird Anthony Hopkins, not Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Perkins, Norman Bates thing, like through the first half of the movie and then dropping it and like almost being comic relief in the last half of the movie. It's very weird. It's weird. But it is baby Paul Rudd. So it's fun. It's he's very cute. And Donald uh, Pleasance is so good. He's in every single one. He just never stops. <laughs> well, he stops after this because he died before the sixth movie came out. <laughs> but he was so good in it. Yep. Uh, I'm still hung up on the part where they built a sequel off of a, a cut plot from a mid 
they they cut the plot then what then what yeah there's this whole <laughs> plot about runes and like michael myers and a man in black like trailing him that they never explain you just see this man in black and you see the rune pop up every once in a while it's the I think yes. there was. Spoilers, spoilers for Halloween 6, the man in black turns out to be the leader of the cult and also a doctor who's in a single scene of the original Halloween. Man, real yeah. late horror continuity there. The thing is, if this was if this was a modern franchise, they would have thrown those ideas out and just done something else, but you couldn't it was not done that way back in the day. Oh, you couldn't just have trailers for movies that wouldn't exist at the end of your movies, unlike every yeah. movie ever now. Yeah. Um but you know, you could do worse. Uh, I I've enjoyed these movies, even though some of them are bad. I mean, most of them are bad, but they're interesting. Bad, you know. I'll take it. Yeah, um, I, I feel like yeah, you enjoyed them more than Friday the Thirteenth. But I feel like even the worst Friday the Thirteenth was still more fun than this. I like them. I like them than mid period uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Also, like Nightmare on Elm Street four through six or seven are all also terrible. Like any between Dream Warriors and New Nightmare is just a fucking like wasteland of bad films. I just can't remember those movies. They all just blend together. I don't know what it like. Well, those she goes to this convent that's like an asylum, and she has Freddy it, because he's the son of a thousand bastards. Remember that a son of a thousand bastards is stuck in my head forever. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, that's a lot of bastards. <laughs> yeah, the first three are excellent, and then uh, New Nightmare is almost perfect i don't i don't like dream warriors as much as basically anyone else i think it's too hokey i think i, I didn't saw see it, it growing at the perfect up. age yeah. like you didn't yeah, see yeah, it young it if you no. saw it young you'd love it yeah anyway uh that's also what i've been watching uh i watched the haunting of hill house the netflix television show i really like that we covered that on voip life which you can get that voip life episode for a single dollar um because in uh during this pandemic we've been putting them out uh for cheap um at least for now i don't know if that's going to continue but uh, you can get it we talked about that i talked a little bit about gerald's game which i watched on netflix that's really good um and so i'm trying to get prepped to watch dr sleep by reading the shining (laughs) which is not a movie but i am reading it because i'd never read it before and you know what i think i like it more than the movie but i am not super into the kubrick film i'm that weird person that's only read like i've read more stephen king short stories than i've read actual stephen king novels and that's because they're better so (laughs) oh well the shining is one of three stephen king books i've read i read carrie and i read the green mile (laughs) Mm -hmm. green mile is weird too because it was released like episodically So I read the whole. It's, it's a very different novel because he was writing it like a serial. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't read Green Mile. I just remember it coming out chapters at a time. So, yeah, I definitely didn't know that. I think I read it well after the movie had come out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Jackson, what have you been watching? Um, not much. Not much. Uh, I watched, you know, right. I can't even remember if I watched it before the last podcast or after, but I didn't talk about it last time, regardless. I uh, watched the last one of those, like, Korean movies I downloaded from a bad website that you, you know, um, watched. It was called Default, which is a story of the 19-something, 1999, I believe, uh, a Korean financial crisis, um, which starts off for the first half of the movie as, like, interesting um but not great kind of like walking the line um 
centrist movie about how uh this financial crisis is happening and some people are profiting off it and there's some people fight like the fight to make the system do the right thing but because it's a story of history uh that person fucking loses and the second half of the movie is entirely about how the imf just systematically destroy countries on behalf of the west and that's much better oh the impossible mission for us yes yes how ethan hunt uh parachutes (laughs) into south korea um and destroys their economy and so so it was very interesting watching the first half of this movie thinking i don't i don't think that it really understands the politics of this but then because it was like a true story it couldn't avoid them and having to say true things about the world because uh, in the you know the fake version of this maybe the the woman who's in the middle of government who does believe and have principles would make the response be good but no they just set out to the imf and the country's destroyed and then it flashes 20 years later and you know um here we are <laughs> the world happened mm-hmm. um so nothing super interesting to say about that but uh just to just to note about how uh how bad the imf is not the impossible <laughs> mission force uh is the international monetary foundation like an arm of the world bank fund i think fund. it's fund. fund is it fund okay well they're the people yes. that bail out big quotes countries uh when they go into financial trouble by forcing them to like uh accept uh american-led um western agendas basically keeping you know it's it's awful it, it's it's bad america and europe let's let's make sure everyone is yes, no. uh, i i never know accused. what the right thing is because i don't want to say like western but you know what i mean right like it's yes is the un uh just destroying smaller countries and um it's a shame and bad and uh, i mostly enjoyed the film it wasn't like inc- those kind of movies that like um cut between multiple perspectives of a disaster that is like a real thing and never great right because you can't really narrativize it just ends it just kind of stops because that's how history works uh so it wasn't like a well-made oh the end of history i guess this did happen in like the late night (laughs) (laughs) hey you um but it's it's a weird genre of film because they make them about any big event there'll be like five of these in three years uh as people you know remake contagion but about the real world how you know what before we get into our things how many how many bad pandemic movies are we gonna get uh god i don't know i hope not very many i feel like everyone's too traumatized but maybe i'm this is me being naive i mean that's definitely you being naive i think it's a question of how like on a scale of 9-11 how long is the like period of good taste everyone waits for because the night oh absolutely nothing okay uh, this, unlike 9-11 uh it's it's just not the same i feel like the way everyone processes the trauma is much less like we have to all be very serious about this yes um yeah so that literally next year there'll be like 10 of these then the- i mean there won't be movies filming until next year so no sure, but, but you- after this is finished there'll be a whole bunch of really bad movies i mean if we can get if we can get a movie where john cusack flies a plane past the coronavirus that might be all right <laughs> is john cusack normal size in this or is he like microscopic <laughs> god um you know you know what's a bad movie is 2012 um yeah yes it is that is a terrible movie movie. yeah remember when we were all worried about 2012 not really as a culture remember the Uh, when they turned the uh cern collider on that was uh yes i do actually i remember that was another day people go oh they could end the world today and they didn't. I was like, that's not how colliding particles works, but okay. We were in physics talking about it, and our physics teacher was like, that's not how colliding particles works. And went off on, <laughs> <laughs> went uh-huh. off on one. Uh, 
Uh, my physics teacher. I suppose we should talk about our movie. Yeah, I guess I can't just talk about my physics teacher. <laughs> yeah. Um, this week we are covering Little Woods, uh, which is a 2018 uh, crime thriller western per Wikipedia. <laughs> Little western, written and directed by uh, Nia DaCosta. Uh, that's because people are in cowboy hats and there's fields. That makes it a western, I guess. It's not a western. No, no, it is not. This is ridiculous. Um. Anyway, uh, this is a movie about uh, Ollie uh, Hale, uh, who's played by Tessa Thompson, and she is in the house. She just got out of jail uh, for taking pills over the Canadian border into North Dakota, where she lives. And while she was in jail, she's on probation or whatever, her mom died, and she's taking over the floundering house and trying to get clean, you know. She is not addicted to pills. She's trying to not violate her probation and get a real job and get the hell out of Little Woods where they live, uh, but also save her sister, who is played by Lily James, who is living in a van in a parking lot and has a kid and is pregnant again. And how can she get her in the house and get the house mortgage uh, paid off so they don't foreclose it before she leaves for a job in Spokane? Uh, and you might be surprised. She's got to go back to that life that got her in trouble and sell some oxy to some, uh, people in, does, does it say what industry they're in? I don't actually know what industry they're in. It's fracking. Oh, is it? Okay. Because there's a big, there's that big shot of like the, the drills at the start of the movie. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, right, right, right. I know those from the news. Right. (laughs) Yes. I guess just oil. Uh, It's probably fracking, but those, those are just oil pumps. (laughs) Sure, but like they're they're getting it from the rocks, which is yeah uh, what I associate with. You know, I assume with fracking could just be oil, I guess. Yeah, but aesthetically, it all pointed to that in my yeah, not based on any research other than I have seen tweets in the news. You know, yes. the most l- lowly research person on the planet about this. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, so uh, un- this is not a western. This is a uh, this is a drug dealing story about. Uh, oxy problem in the, the uh americas yes and healthcare how fucked healthcare is oh it's so fucked yeah um so yeah i i basically picked this movie because i was just looking for films and nia DaCosta is going to direct that Candyman remake uh sequel sequel it's not a remake it's a sequel uh coming out soon and so i was like oh we'll watch this so that's it uh but i was pleasantly surprised i really like this movie yeah i had a good time it's very harrowing, but it's also like you can't look away. Yes, uh, this is one of those films where I went into it and I'm like, okay, uh, everyone's down on their luck. Uh, one of those types of films, uh, like, <coughs> does it, is it? You did not successfully meet your mic that time. <laughs> I heard you hit the button, but you double hit it. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and then just coughed into the mic. Sorry. You gotta disinfect that mic um, now. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Um, totally just obliterated my thoughts here. Oh, um, like there's two ways this kind of movie can go. It can be like, like, you know, neorealism. This is just people down their luck that can veer into like, let's, uh, like lollygag at the afflictions of the poor and downtrodden. Uh, I bring up, uh, Andrea Arnold's fish tank all the time for this. Cause that's a movie I fucking hate. It's just a movie about people, uh, poor people who bad things happen to, who can never escape because that's what life is when you're poor. It's just misery and suffering all the way down forever. Uh, and I was really worried this was going to be that kind of movie and was delighted that it was not, uh, this is like, while it is a like 
difficult movie. Partially that's because the characters are given space to be like human and warm and you like most of them, uh, even the fuck ups and they're just getting through it and they do, they get through it. it happy ending. Hooray. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, yeah, this differed from me. So we had this conversation about this earlier, which I will you know, summarize now uh, in the, our kind of, um, approaches from the first five minutes of the movie differed in our expectations of what it was going to be uh so you Mm -hmm. you latched on to the um this is a movie about poverty and poor people and the suffering of of you know that has just like a very that genre is very codified and has certain expectations but the other genre Mm -hmm. that this is which is also codified and has extreme like concrete expectations is that i was out but they they pulled me back in for one last job movie which it it also is just one of those and so it's both of those movies where so i was like i I know exactly the entire plot of this movie from the second it starts and it turns out i was right you know she, she manages everything she doesn't get caught everyone's okay but they like because it's so uh transparent right like they're playing with you and i'm just like just anxious the entire time for example there's a scene midway through uh where lance reddick playing the lance reddick character (laughs) the cop that he always plays in this uh in this movie is he is a probation officer um he comes to uh it comes to tessa thompson's house and She's like just been like just had to shove the the drugs in a locker uh, in one of the cupboards, I guess, not locker. Uh, and he just he's coming around checking her. She's had a job job interview and it went well. And he's just like checking the house to make sure it's okay. Um, and this scene is like just intolerable for me. <laughs> like I can't like not in a in a way that is intended, right? Like the film's having the effect, but I'm just watching it. Like I know he's not even gonna find them, and yes. Oh, his like oh. trust in her is heartbreaking. <laughs> As he walks, like, through- he yeah. walks through the house, he passes the closet, and you're just like, I know oh. he's he's like half acidly checking because he doesn't expect anything to be there, and we all know there's something there, and it's just like ah. But but also because we like know what movies are, we know this is not the point in the movie where she gets rumbled. This like, movie is very good at tension, though. Like oh, yeah, even yeah. though we know she's not gonna get caught in that scene, I was still terrified. Is yeah, everyone go went on. I haven't seen it about how like uh, uncut gems was just a high anxiety attack for two hours. This wasn't on that level because it definitely had like moments of warmth as well and everything. But it, during the the tense scenes, I was like, oh, I just I just don't want to watch. Um. In yeah, a way that's how I felt yeah. too. Yeah, yeah like, I wanted to turn it off and run. <laughs> like, in a good way, not in a I didn't like the movie way, just in a everything made me so uncomfortable because I was so scared for her and I cared about her so much. Just in a very, like, don't go in the house way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was like watching a horror movie, Final Girl, just get through it. Like, oh, <laughs> is she gonna make it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just uh, right in the stomach. Um, but the the movie itself was great. I, I really like the performances. Um, I I really like the two sisters. I think the warmth of those came across very well because I th- I think the script was um a little weak at, at points, but they carried it through. Uh, like there were definitely some scenes where <laughs> uh, her and her sister were just kind of like ex- boldly expositing. This is what your character is to each other in very like oh yeah no early filmmaker ways. Um, where she's like, oh, you don't hope, do you? <laughs> um, but I was surprised at how, like, even in those uh, kind of, like, obviously staged uh, scenes where the naturalism faded away, um, the, like, you know, the movie just felt uh, 
the characters felt good. I enjoyed all of them for the most part. Yeah, the um, Ian character is somebody that like I just know that guy. <laughs> yes, and they did such a good job with that like dynamic of this guy that he can't help but just screw up at every turn but he's got this like you know baby mama and kid and she's about to have another baby and she goes to tell him she's having an abortion and he's like begging her not to do it and he knows she's right but he like i don't know there's something about the acting in that scene between the two of them those two actors just oh it 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 is very the acting really carries a lot of the moments that could be just like Mm -hmm. it could have just been like those marriage story clips i won't watch that movie but like (laughs) it could have been like just yelling and crying and yelling and crying and over the top oscar acting but it's very like quiet and natural and i really appreciated that for sure Uh, i think that that scene in particular was fantastic yeah, it's one of the standouts for me. Uh, even, like, when she's on the job interview, you can feel, like, the woman interviewing her. Like, there's just so many good, like, interaction moments. Like, you can feel that, like, she she wants her to succeed, too. And and she just wants to do well. And she's so nervous. And uh, so many things are falling apart. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed this film. It was... I, I didn't know what to expect, and it just it gave me a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Uh, the, the thing uh, that I was really surprised by is, like, even, like, this is, you know, it is a story about uh, women in the world and how difficult that can be intersectionally. Uh, but I really like, like, characters like Ian, who's just a fuck-up uh, and knows he's a fuck-up and is trying to not be a fuck-up sometimes, but not enough to make it better. Um, like, th- that is a good, like, dirtbag character. Uh I liked him a lot. And then Bill, who's the drug dealer, is just the fucking worst. Oh, I In, like, a very, like, it's all business kind of way. Like, he will absolutely, like, you know, go to the PTA and make his daughter and your son can be friends, but he's still, like, uh, the bad guy. Stringer Bell would eat him alive. (laughs) 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 Fucking yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's all I was thinking the whole time he was on the screen, every time. Stringer Bell eats guys like you for breakfast, Bill. Um... He is not an advanced drug dealer. Like, you know, uh, in this stage of the genre, right? Like, he has this one town that's pretty small on lock. But... And he only has it because Ollie stopped selling Oxy to people. Yes. Yeah, because nobody likes buying from him because he overcharges. Yes. Uh, and even the way he, like, tries to threaten her, he's not threatening her, like, well, right? Like, he physically assaults her... her and like shoves her against the wall, like you're gonna give me your cut, at which she does because you know she's uh, exhausted and just doing this to to help her sister and get out. But like that's a bad that's a bad proposition. It's not. This is these are bad drug dealer moves, Bill. You're doing this because she's better at this than you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. But he knows because um, she's a woman, he can intimidate her physically. Yeah. Yeah, and like, he, he that's he, just classic moves. I mean, I think he knows because he gets lucky because he like sees her and te- can tell she's in the middle of a job interview and basically give him anything to go back because she has to like follow mm, into yes. the toilet uh if if he came to her house like imagine it would not have gone as instantly well for him 
That's true. Yeah, probably not. What do you think of the kid acting? I'm always uh, interested in what people think about kid actors. I feel like he was uh, he was all right. He was pretty good. He was very Doesn't natural. Hurt the day before we watched a terrible kid actor in Halloween Six. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's why that I little was... boy was fucking awful. The <laughs> dirt worst. Yeah, no, this kid. I he was good. He he felt yeah. very real. Yeah. Love I love a kid who acts uh, who can act. Just be a kid. Yeah, he's just being himself. He didn't feel like an actor kid. Yeah. He didn't have that stagey delivery. I also would have been very mad being dragged across the uh, U.S.-Canadian border in the middle of the night. That's true. The the best part, I think the reason why his acting is so good, I mean, I'll give him credit, he's, he's, he was a good actor, but, like, most of the movie he's either asleep or sick, so he's very, like, <laughs> subdued. Yes. <laughs> he's not, like, a hyperactive child because he's got a cough and he's, you know, uh, the first scene you see him in, he's barfing, like, he's just sickly child and sleepy he came in very handy when that cop showed up <laughs> yes <laughs> uh the other thing i like about this movie is the amount of like like everyone is struggling but there's a lot of like low level care expressed between people mm-hmm. um just like in the world like this is a movie about like people are genuinely usually good it's the situation that's fucked yes. uh like everyone's like all of the guys who work in the oil field are working in like a like a workers like lodge that has been converted into bedrooms um and like there's the 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 diner and every like everything's too expensive and no one can afford health care uh but like everyone is genuinely like mostly kind to each other and like when uh what's her face uh when uh deb goes to get she's like she's pregnant she goes to can to get the abortion the lady at the counter definitely knows that that's not her and lets her go anyway yes that scene was one of my favorites like she looks yes. at the screen and you can tell she's like oh but she looks her in the eyes and she's like okay you, yes i'm helping you and i feel like that lady exists yeah and yeah uh, and the and uh, the ways in which that expresses and like the limits of it are very funny. There's when they get to Canada, uh, Ollie asks like the the lady she knows in her network to like, oh, can I borrow your car? I need to go do the thing. And she's like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. And she's like, I need another vacation. Can you watch the kid? And that is too far for her. She does not want to watch that kid. <laughs> it's harder to watch a kid than it is loan someone your car for a your few car. hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I um, agree. Yeah, I agree too. But it, it's just, I, it's nice. I, I like the level of like kindness and the unwillingness to sh- like, it'd be very easy to make a very cynical version of this where everyone, because they are struggling, like is just ready to like stab each other in the back. And that's just not what this movie is. Yeah. And it's not what like, like personally, I feel like life is like it is top down violence that is the problem, not bottom up. There are cutthroat characters like the girl at yes. the strip club and the ID maker guys, but like, I don't know. They don't feel like, well, one, they're like sort of outsiders to the life situations of the other, the major characters. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, like, I mean, the, the ID maker guys are from the version of this movie I would hate, mm-hmm. basically. Like they just fall out of that kind of film that I'm generally not like aligned to at but all. They don't feel out of place in the film. I'm, I don't know. No, mean but to because say they're, that. Very, they're very singular, right? Like, but there's there's versions of this movie where like every character is those fucking guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I'm glad that yeah, it's more about human kindness and also like it would have been very easy to slip into look how ugly this 
world is. And there's a lot of, like, natural beauty and shots of, like, really lovely skies and trees. And even, like, some of the more urban landscapes don't look bad. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like, her rundown house is, like, a rundown house, but it's not, like, she's not, like, living in, like, just, like, a garbage pile, right? Like, there's a there's a recognition of the, like, agency and, like, dignity of people despite their situation that I think it, the movie is really good about. Like, Deb has nothing. She lives in a van. And she's still, like, a person who has, like, her own self-respect and is not presented as, like, a pitiable character in the way that you would think, like, a poverty film would be, right? Right. Like, she has, like, her being able to put herself together and her jewelry and makeup, like compared to ollie like ollie's just so tired and you can see it in her eyes and on her face and she doesn't wear makeup and uh i i liked that contrast between the two of them where like they're both they are both raised by the same woman in the same like situation but i like that deb was sort of like i don't know i liked how different they were but they felt like real sisters Mm-hmm. yeah this is a good movie yeah, I liked it a lot. <laughs> I just like I like I like movies that are uh, just about people and not too uh you know extra about being miserable about it. <laughs> yes. Cuz I me and Destiny definitely had this bit uh, like half of the movie we were like this is going to go so bad for everyone and it's going to be miserable and we don't want to sit here and watch this. Yeah. Uh, and it turned out all right and I'm glad. I was very anguished. I like we had to pause it a few times just to do stuff around the apartment and every time we paused it I would yell at M like this is too much. I don't want to uh I I was tempted to google like if that ending was happy cuz I was so scared <laughs> that it was just going to make me cry for hours <laughs> yep uh, I also, uh, one of the other scenes I really like in the movie, when they go to the abortion clinic, uh, it's just shot on Ollie and Deb as they get out of the car, and Deb is staring off screen at, like, protesters, and Ollie's like, don't worry about it, they're, like, they're harmless, their signs suck anyway, and you're like, oh, how bad is it? And when you get the reverse shot, it's two people with, like, <laughs> wrestling signs, basically, <laughs> just like, abortion is bad. Um, My generation will be the generation to end abortion. <laughs> yes. Because they're um, young people. And it, it is it is funny in that it is like so much less work like it's so much less bad than the way it's framed would make you think but also it's just enough to like you know deb is going to be upset because you would be upset right because you're doing this thing i was um, as a nebraskan i was shocked there were only two protesters because yes ooh, <laughs> uh, there's a metaphysical store that i used to frequent that is right next to our abortion clinic like one of our abortion clinics and it's always just saturated with protesters. Yeah, and their signs are way worse than those signs. Yeah, they got pictures. Yeah. Mm-mm. Uh So, yeah, I think that's everything I have. Any final thoughts for people? Um It's not a western. <laughs> it's, it's not, not a, western. a western. That really bothers me. It really bothers me too. It's not a western if it's like rural poor people and there's a jangly guitar <laughs> twice. Like that's not Yes. <laughs> that's not a western. <laughs> Maybe the shot with the buffalo? I don't know. <laughs> yes. It's not even in that part of America. <laughs> it's un- eh, Westerns could be. North Dakota definitely has Westerns that take place in North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota. That's, you know, they've got the rodeo. They've got, like, I don't know. They're definitely 
they do go to a rodeo once. I guess maybe it is a western because nobody gives a shit about a rodeo other than westerns. It's not a western. I know it's not a western. I didn't realize just how meaningless the genre had become for like modern things, right? Where just anything that takes place in vaguely small town Rural. rural America is just a western now even like could be the south could be the north could be anywhere like anywhere so oh, the- signs my favorite western right <laughs> god that's weird okay what's oh never mind that was a stupid question i was gonna be like name some modern westerns that aren't set in the past but there's a lot of them there's loads of them i just yeah. probably haven't watched them i do know that like that is a genre but i can't tell from the outside how many of them are real and how many of them are this was the revenant a western uh that's set Dumb. in the past I never I saw I mean, one, it. that's from a long time ago, but and it's from, you know, it's a period piece. We watched... Oh, oh wait, right. not The Revenant. I was thinking of Ravenous. Sorry. Oh. The Revenant is an old-timey thing, and yes, it is a Western. Okay, yeah, it's set in the old times. Here's the I'm... question. Is Logan a Western? No! It's got Western motifs. It's not a Western. Yeah. yeah um, you know. I, I'm with that. Yeah. Get your genre uh, Is Breaking Bad a Western? No. No. Well, uh, Vince Gilligan disagrees. I think there are things from Westerns in it. I don't think that makes it a Western. There's a very specific pastiche. There's a very specific... No Country for Old Men is a fucking Western. Yes. No Country for Old Men is a Western. (laughs) Yes. And there's like something about the interaction between the characters and the land and the situation. Like, I don't know. There's movies that are definite Westerns. Yes. I don't have a definition, but I'll know it when I see it. Exactly. It's like pornography. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> You're the one that brought it up. Before we move, no, before we move to the questions. <laughs> uh, no, no. The movie was good. The movie. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. One thing. Uh, so, yeah. I- I'm in the UK. I didn't realize until the movie ended that we have a different title for the movie. So the movie finishes and then it cuts the title card, as I assume it did for you, and said a little words. Uh, mm-hmm. Here, cut to cut the title card. Crossing the line, <laughs> which is instantly docking it like a full star. Like piss off with that title. That's a terrible. That's title. That's a terrible title. Uh, the reason is because Littlewoods is a department store here. Um, oh, or a betting service, maybe both. I don't know. Like it's it's it is a UK brand that I've seen. That's around. really funny. They could have come up with a better title. They could have called it Oleander. They could have called it. Anything else. Crossing the line makes it sound so generic. The line has multiple meanings, Destiny. It's so generic. <laughs> yep. But that's it. That is that is that is my last point. <laughs> Thank you for that trivia. Questions? Yeah. If you want to send questions, you can send them to podcast at unrollmapping.com. Uh, we'll take questions about the movies we're covering or any movie, really. I love just random movie questions. You want to ask us our top five musicals or what's our favorite animated film or what's the worst movie you've ever seen? Bullshit. I don't give a shit. Ask us anything. I love it. If we could just get random questions, I'd be so happy. I'd be so happy. We never Um, do though. Yeah. We have one email today. Uh, it is from Tron who will always pull through in a pinch. Thank you, Tron. Uh, for asking, um, what do you all think of the soundtrack of this movie? I was really surprised at how many, like, just, like, needle drops there were, especially since we were watching on Hulu, which accurately points out every single song and who sings it, <laughs> um, which I like when subtitles do, because uh, we watch with subtitles, uh, and uh, I prefer it when they do that. Oh, I didn't The soundtrack was that. great. 
lot of great yeah. bluesy country tracks from like yep. really great singers. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite character in the movie? Shit. I liked everybody. I don't know. Uh, you uh, go first. Probably Deb for me, I guess. The sister. Yeah, um, that's that's fair. Uh, I think she was really well done. I really like the ways in which uh, she was like... The ways in which her bitterness at um, uh, Ollie's ability to get out were portrayed. Like, the, the tension between those two and the scene where they like got mad at each other was really good because, you know, uh, Ollie is understanding mad about uh, Deb fucking up and losing all their stuff, even though it wasn't, like, it was, it wasn't their fault. It, you know, they got towed away. Um, but at the same time, Ollie is mad about you know, being kind of ignored and left behind and the way that the both of them are kind of allowed to have those positions without any judgment was good. Because there's a you know, there's a real easy way that this movie, and we said this basically earlier, could have been about the ways that uh Deb was like a tragic burden on Ollie who would have got a, would have got out of poverty if it wasn't uh for this one fuck up sister. And the movie's just not that. Uh, it's just not about that. Uh which mm-hmm. um it's very good. She was very well done. So yeah, that's my answer. I think mine... Oh, no, go ahead, Ian. I think I'm going to go with Ian. Uh, I think that that's an easy character to get wrong. I think the movie is, like, sympathetic, but without giving him, like excuses like he sucks he's a bad husband he's a bad father uh he's like they're not married but he's like a bad kind of boyfriend and uh it's a mess but it's a mess in a way that is like he's not like actually like you know there's a very easy version of the movie where he's like beating her and he's like actually like violent and dangerous and bad he's just shitty in like very human ways and the ways in which deb like still caring for him is not portrayed as like she's fucking up it's like this is just what people are like sometimes you have people you care for that are just messes and bad and you still care for them even despite that i think is really good I, ian is good because deb is very good also yes mm-hmm. i agree she is there's nothing pathetic about either of them like well he's pathetic but like but in like a, in like a very human way yes. like it's not portrayed as like out he's not a cartoon right he's not like a stand-in for like every bad boyfriend he's very specific in the way he sucks exactly you per- worded it perfectly um i'm gonna go with ollie one of the scenes or, or not scenes but one of the things that is sort of like under the surface of this character is she spent who knows how long taking care of a sick person, her mother, and just not knowing how to cope once that person passes away. Like, she's still sleeping on the floor in her room, and, like, there's still all these things around the house. I mean, I assume, like, she had just died because they had just gotten her urn and stuff, but, like, I don't know. If you can't afford that stuff, it takes a really long time to get the urn. I'm speaking from personal experience. I had to go with the cheap urn, too. Ours was not wooden, but, uh, like, it. I don't know how long in between, like, the movie's beginning and her mother passing was, if they ever said but, like, you can just see it on her face that she had been drained taking care of this other person and her trying to pick up the pieces of that. I don't know. I just feel like Tessa Thompson did a really good job just selling how tired and ready to just flee this character was. Yes. Yeah, she's great. And pretty much every movie I've seen her in, um, she produced this one. Shout out to actresses producing the films they want to be in. Um, 
They're, More of that, please. Fuck the rest of Hollywood. Yeah. They're always so much fun. Like, or not fun. This movie was not fun, but they're they're always really good. Um, I want to shout out how good, uh, we mentioned earlier, but the, the Lance Reddit character is and how well I think this movie does it portraying, like, the warmth the characters can have and how that is not in any way a substitute or an erasure of the systems and the violence they represent, right? Like, Lars Reddick is nice and trusts her, but is also a threat at all times and is not, oh, like... if he found those pills, he would absolutely fucking arrest her Like, in a second! I mean, yes. he had to. He would have to. Like, he'd get I mean, trouble. he wouldn't have to. Cops could do what the fuck they want, but I he would do so, it. He's yeah. exactly the guy who would do that. Yeah. Like the, and he would be very, he would very, he'd be very paternal about how disappointed he was in yes. her, and it would be the fucking worst thing in the world. And like the the lady in the clinic in Canada could also have done that, right? Like uh, there, yes. I think the movie does a really good job of being both about the systems and the people in them, in the way of like it could because of where it is set and because of what it's about and how evil the U.S. healthcare system is. It cost eight grand for her to like have even have a baby in America. Um, it could easily be about how Canada is so much better, and it in a way is because it is easier to access care. But like, even in Canada, there's a whole system they have to circumvent, and her access to care ultimately comes down to one person like willing to let her. Like, like it wasn't the oh yeah we escaped the the promised land and now we have the healthcare right. Um, yeah, you still have to go through all the hoops. It, it did a really good job of uh, like emphasizing that I think, and um, the ways in which like her job was like a nice job but the reason she got it wasn't like it was because of her reference but specifically because the re- like i read it as that job was a favor from the probation officer who likes her and is giving her a hand and those those favors can go away in an instance yeah um mm-hmm. and it was just very clear about how this isn't it is easy in movies like this to assume that everyone has a path out because these movies are about those paths out and they whether they fail or succeed. Um, and this movie takes a lot of pains to like make sure you know that those paths out are always uh, like issues of circumstance. Oh, uh, shout out to the uh, mortgage uh, representative guy, the loss oh, mitigation guy. Yes. Who, like, they're begging him with tears in their eyes to not you know, make them pay all this money in a week and he has to go talk to his boss and he knows that he's not going to be able to cut them the best break, but at least he like goes and does it. Like, But also, you also get the sense that he's given 20 people this break and none of them have paid off the house in the week they get, right? Yeah. Like he doesn't actually think they're going to do it, and he he'll looks, do it anyway. He looks so frazzled. Like, ugh, I work with the people that do what he does and like i can't imagine having to break hearts all day long and what that does to you physically and like i like that you can see that in this actor who has a very tiny role in this film like he he also is tired <laughs> um, uh have any of you ever been to a rodeo before hey no <laughs> no <laughs> yeah no uh, is rodeo even a thing in your country i assume not no definitely not uh, no, but you go fox hunting, I guess, is the thing in your country that is, like, unfathomable to me. I'm sure there's a UK rodeo somewhere. Because there's a country subculture over there, isn't there? Yeah, but it's all, like I said, it's all fox hunting. I feel like it's kind of the same energy. Like, old-fashioned and totally unnecessary animal violence event. Yeah, we do have fox hunting over here in a big way. Yeah. 
Um, I've never been a rodeo. Never been interested. I don't. When we got to Dusty's like, how does a rodeo even work? So I had to explain the idea of how rodeo works. And I uh, live in a city where you see rodeo commercials on TV, like advertising the weekend rodeo and like River City Roundup rodeo. Is that, is that true? I assume that probably happens every once in a while. But No, that happens all the time. There's a rodeo annually here. Yeah. But like one a year and not anymore. Not this year. Well, no, but it's a part of our culture. Like it's part of our culture as yeah. Nebraskans. I've never been to a rodeo. Seems seems kind of gross, honestly. Well, but, yeah, no, um, I agree. I'm not saying rodeos are good. I'm just saying that it's like a huge part of like Midwestern life, even if we don't necessarily know anything about it. I just I just don't know if I'd call it like a huge like the circus also is here every year. That doesn't mean everyone went to the circus. But right? the circus is not. I'm trying to say, like, it's not tied to the culture in the same way. Like, it's a very specific cultural thing. Yeah, I just don't think Omaha, Nebraska is, like, the rodeo town in the same way. All right. Like, I don't think I don't think the culture is, like, that tied into, like, agriculture. Like, you know, we're a shipping city. But <laughs> like, I, if, if the train show rolled through once a year, I would agree with you. It's probably an episode <laughs> of King and the Hill, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's it. Is there any other questions that anyone wants to cover out of this? Toronto sent a bunch of questions. I think we covered most of them. Yeah, I think we, yeah, we talked about the theme of the cop. Yeah. Did, we didn't really go into detail of that. Did anybody have anything like specific to say about that scene? I just... No. I, I thought it was well constructed. I thought the twist of the cop like is a part of like the anxiety of the scene and then by the time she's running away it's good they have a cop there it's good just a, yes. just a nice little formal twist but aside from that no like deeper takes yeah i agree with you that was a good twist they see that cop and they're like well <laughs> they just walk away let her rob them <laughs> uh all right with that out of the way then we can talk about our next movie we are watching stalker yeah uh, which is the 1979 uh i did not pull this up how did i not pull this up uh andrev tarkovsky film um and you can find that in the u.s on the criterion channel or canopy if you have canopy i guess yep you can find that on the uk in the uk on uh like youtube and the sky store and chili uh, not on itunes or amazon the usual places but it is like rentable from those places and it's not free anywhere but you can you can rent it at a bunch of places and you know you can find it on the internet in wherever you may look it is not a if not taps nose yeah taps nose <laughs> uh, but it's not like some movies where we've had people even struggling to find them through any means well, like I said, we're not. I'm going to try very hard to find, not pick movies that that is true of in the future. So yes. Um, anyway, all that said, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, please note it is 160 minutes long, so give yourself an afternoon. Yes, or two. And it will not be the longest movie we watch for this. Thank you, right stuff, for being long as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I can. I must assume this will be better per minute than right stuff. Yes, let's hope so. I hope so too. Um, I guess that's it. Time for plugs. Destiny. I'm at Fridge Buzz now, just about and, and all the social media. Uh, Jackson. Uh, I am at Headfalls Off on Twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. There's a whole bunch of good stuff there. We're about to release our Disco Elysium episode for Abnormal Mapping. 
um, which we're going to record tomorrow, and I hope is good. It should be out. It'll be out the day after this. So right, because I was going to say Friday, but no, it'll be out on the thirty first. Yeah, I uh, got a lot of editing ahead of me. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so you can support all the podcasts we do at patreon.com slash mapping. For $1, you get the Great Gundam Project every week. And for $10, you get uh, VoIP Life, which is me and Jackson goofing around every two weeks. Uh, there's a lot of episodes about movies in that backlog, if you particularly like us talking about movies. Lately, we've just been talking about Picard and Final Fantasy VII and uh, what we've been doing with our lives in this new, strange world. Trying to get away from the anxiety of talking about the world and how we cope with it instead. Absolutely. Um, if you want movie talk on this network more specifically, uh, I do a podcast called And Then An Aeroplane, which comes out every three weeks with my friend Autumn, covering all of Studio Ghibli's films. We just finished Princess Mononoke, uh, which is a movie neither of us liked, and I understand is something of a classic. So uh, if you'd like to see some takes about like why I feel like we've been very positive on this uh, podcast, we pick movies that are good, that we like. Um, if you want to see me talk about a movie I think is kind of bad, uh, you can go check out And Then An Aeroplane. Um, because, uh, for once I just didn't like a movie. So I think that's everything. Uh, I'm on Twitter at EM underscore being, uh, I've got a lot of tweets. You should retweet them. Uh, but <laughs> do not expect to like it. <laughs> <laughs>